17 through 30. On the first day of the festival of leavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and says, what do you want us to make preparations for you to eat? For you to eat the Passover, he replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were there eating, he said, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say, to him, to him one after the other, surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as he's written about, written about him, but woe to the one who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, Judas the one who would betray, said, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, you have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke, broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink it. Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it in the new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they, said, when they, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Passionate, excited, committed. An idea, a dream that's calling you. You're making the adjustments in your life. You're making the sacrifices in your life to follow it. A marriage, a job, a ministry. You have something to live for that is so significant. You're willing to struggle for it. You realize it's higher than anything else. It's higher than any money. It's higher than any position you will ever have. And there's this enthusiasm and fervor even in a common day. There's a hope for the future, which brings power in the present. Can you imagine what the disciples' days were like with Jesus? I mean, I mean, just think about it. If, if the expectations of every day, they'd have been exposed. They were only with him three years, and we have a lot to talk about in three years, right? If we wanted to, three and a half years. Every day they get up, it's an adventure. They don't know if they're going to see some kind of crazy miracle that just kind of blows them away. They don't know if they're about to, there's a mob that they're going to have to avoid. They don't know if Jesus is going to teach to them in a moment, they better be listening and they're going to misunderstand it half the time. But every day it seemed like there was this expectation of this unbelievable adventure because it's headed somewhere. They believe that Jesus is the one that's about to set them free. There was a part of it they didn't see coming. The disciples had this idea of what Jesus was and what he was about to become. What he was going to become for their lives. 
They were passionate. They were excited. They were committed. They were willing to sacrifice. They, there was something way above anything they'd ever thought they could ever be a part of. But in 24 hours, that idea died. What does a 24-hour day hold? What does a week hold? So we enter into Holy Week. If mo- I mean, I guess if, if we took a survey to deal today and asked you individually, for many of us, we would want to avoid Holy Week. We'd rather just kind of skip from Hosanna, Hosanna to He is risen. And honestly, that's kind of how I did for years in my spiritual walk. I never really thought about it. Yeah, we would talk about a Palm Sunday, and we'd talk about Hosanna, Hosanna, and we'd have a donkey come in, a real donkey, and a fake Jesus come in, okay? <laughs> he was a good fake Jesus, but he was a fake Jesus. And, and we would have that, and we would do the pomp and pageantry. We'd have all that happen. But I would just skip from Palm Sunday, and let's just start looking to where? Easter. He is risen. I mean, you you begin to think about it. Who wants to go to the Garden of Betrayal? Who wants to go to Via Dolorosa, the way of sorrows, the way of grief? Avoid crucify him. As you hear the crowd, because if you think about it too long, if I think about it too long, I may see Kurt Gentry in that crowd. I'll just avoid that. Jesus says in verse 21, one of you is going to betray me. And we hear that. When we hear that, we go, Judas, what an idiot. How could somebody walk with Jesus? How could somebody be there with him? How could somebody know him and experience what they experienced? And Judas did the ultimate betrayal because he turned him over and sold him out. But there was another 11 who ran. I mean, when you have, you know, when you're standing, it's kind of like a marriage, right? We're in a wedding. If the wedding, the actual ceremony and the pomp and pageantry of the wedding was the descriptive of the rest of your life, your next 50 years, you'd go, this is going to be awesome. I mean, for most of you, I'm not sure how everybody's wedding day went, but you know what I'm saying. Wow, man, this is exciting, and there's all... Then life unfolds. Good intentions in a beautiful setting with the right music and all your family around and in an upper room. Good intentions till you're in a dark garden and there's a posse coming after your idea. 
all of a sudden things change, right? It wasn't what you thought. It's not unfolding like you thought. We want to miss the betrayal, the denial, the insulting. We want to miss the crucify him. We don't want to admit our role in crucify him. Who doesn't want to skip around the messy, embarrassing, convicting stuff in the middle? But that's one reason so many of our relationships and our own lives are so dysfunctional. And they're so unhealthy. We're not willing to go through the brokenness, the hard stuff. You know we talk about it often here in the Barna study is one of the biggest issues for most Christians is they don't want to deal with the brokenness. So they get capped. They stall. And they're stuck in their transformation process of what God wants to do in their life. But for the ages... That's really what the cross has brought to us. For the last 2,000 years, when you really look at the cross and you look at Holy Week specifically, we have to get over the fact that maybe it seems senseless to us. Why did Jesus even actually have to die? We worked through all that. Most of us think there's another way. There's got to be another way. We, we want to avoid this. Why did Jesus have to do this? Because he had to do it, and we're not going to camp out fully on that today by no means. But here's the problem for most of us. We ask ourselves the question, if I can avoid, if I can avoid brokenness and I can avoid the convicting, if I can avoid all that, why would I not avoid it? Why would I want to go through Via Dolorosa? Why would I want to go through the time of sorrow that I have to? Because victory's on the other side. He is risen on the other side. That's why. That, that's why. But we try to find a way around it instead of going through it. So we're stuck. Marriages are stuck. And really without any real hope, because you can go, you can take all the whatever, you can go to as many things as you want to go to and all this thing, but if it's not brokenness, I'm telling you, you're stuck. Your parenting is stuck. Your dream and your idea is stuck. You're capped. Who doesn't want, if you, if you, even for your health, if you, if you, if, you know, I know for me, I've dealt with this all my life, a little bit of the weight issue, and, and yes, I would rather take a pill. Give me two. Give me ten, however many, where I don't have to worry about that, but the work, I have to go through it. 
And somehow or another, we don't think that's true for our relationships. We don't think that's true for our spiritual formation. Just give me another worship service to go to. Give me another thursology that I can understand. Sometimes they don't. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Dan. Just give me another one of those. When often the answer is, it's through the brokenness. It's through the crucify me. You know, the world says, find yourself. Find yourself, find your inner self, lean into your inner self. Scripture says, find yourself and crucify it. Often do not put that on bumper stickers. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be a good selling point, right? You just wouldn't advertise that. Or would you? We don't want to look at the sin that held him there. What does sin do? You know, you know where I'm going with this. It separates us, right? Sin's job description is separation. It separates us from God. It separates us from others. It separates us from our divine purpose. It separates us. Sin is about right now. If sin had more immediate consequences, there would be less of it. (laughs) You know, it's like eating. If I knew that Magnum bar or those four I'm about to eat showed up right here like immediately, like I just got up and I walked and I'm going, oh, wow, I got to stop doing that. (laughs) Right? But somehow or another, you're able to make it work its way out over time. It just kind of sneaks up on you. Jesus in this window of time in that room, he kneels down to wash the disciples' feet. We didn't read here, John 13. You can read it. Another opportunity for them to understand Jesus' mission. I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. Most likely, they were embarrassed. We know, in fact, Peter argued with him. They didn't get it. Because that was not what their idea was supposed to look like. He's a triumphant king. Hosanna, Hosanna, look, he's riding in. They thought that he was just washing their feet, serving them a meal, and giving them good drink. What he was doing was setting an example of how to live. The religious authorities and crowds thought they were killing a lunatic. They thought they were bringing Jesus to that cross to embarrass him. Not just to torture him, which obviously is there, but to set an example for everybody around. You do this. You do what he's doing. This is your result. We're here to embarrass him. 
Sure, torture, yes, okay. We're eliminating him and we're eliminating those who might come behind him. But what Jesus did, he took the cross out of their hands and made it his own. No one takes my life, but I lay it down by my own accord. He attached a whole different meaning to an instrument of death. So much so, people wear it around their neck. Who would wear an electric chair around their neck this day and age? Not many of us. But we'll wear a cross. Because Jesus took that instrument of death and gave it a new meaning. He took the narrative and took it and ran it his way. Time has shown that the significance of Holy Week and the cross as well wasn't about shame or embarrassment or condemnation or for sure elimination. It was about freeing slaves. It was about building hospitals. It was about founding charities. It was about awakening men and women, young and old souls, and stirring them and awakening them to this great purpose. When Jesus takes the narrative, it changes everything. So the brokenness that you are avoiding, if you give it to Jesus, there's a whole new story comes out of that. It's not condemnation. Oh, it sure might be conviction. But conviction leads to righteousness. And I think for us this week, for some of you, if you will embrace Holy Week, the path of Holy Week, whatever part you choose to be a part of, the one thing I ask you is, is to look at the brokenness. The crucifixion of self and your resurrection story. See, when Jesus takes the narrative of a person's life with all the even ugliness it may be, something we maybe never thought of might be said over you. He is risen. Not just Jesus. You. She is risen. Someone else counted you out. Their marriage is risen because someone else wrote it off. I just ask you this week, as we say Hosanna in the highest today, it's a beautiful thing. Day of preparation, the day of celebration, preparation also as we lead in. I ask you to prepare, even this morning, as we will take communion in just a moment, your heart and your mind. Because as we come to this time in a moment of celebrating around the table, 
One of the things that I, I miss so much, and many of you who are part of us a long time ago, two years ago, we used to come down front and take communion together. I miss that so much. But I understand, and I, I, I try to work with what we've got, because there was something familiar, something just, just this family, community, intergenerational feel to it. And maybe we'll be back there someday. I, I don't know. But even more than that, I pray that what we do around this is about continually remembering. Max Lucado, that you've heard me read here before, some of it will be new to you. But he says this. He says, can you still remember? Are you still in love with him? Remember, Paul begged, remember Jesus. Before you remember anything, remember Jesus. If you forget anything, don't forget Jesus. Oh, how quickly we forget. So much happens through the years, so many changes within, so many alterations without, so many pressures to conform. And somewhere back there, we leave him. We don't turn away from him. We just don't take him with us. It's a huge statement. We don't consciously say, Jesus, I don't believe in you anymore. We're just going to places we choose not to take him anymore. Assignments come, promotions come, budgets are made, kids are born, and the Christ, the Christ is forgiven. Has it been a while since you have shared, stared into the, at the heavens in speechless amazement? Has it been a while since you have realized his divinity and your humanity? If it has been, then you need to know something. He's still there. He hasn't left. In midst of all those voices and faces and memories and pictures, he is still there. Remember. Before we take of the elements, I'm going to ask us to watch just a reminder up on the screen about what the cross has done for us as we remember.